0: What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. And folks, after the show, Aaron actually gave me a coupon code, so we're inserting it here at the beginning so you'll know. If you do decide to get your own human design, go to humandesignblueprint.com and use the code, the word DRIVE, and you'll get 10% off. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most influential change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaways from their insights so you can integrate that wisdom and leverage the power of your unique inner drive and wake every day to your authentic, driven, and inspired life. In this episode, I am back with Erin Clara Jones. She's our expert in this series that we're doing on human design. So make sure that you caught our, catch our first episode together because we went deep into that, and I want everybody to hear the opportunity, I would say, that you can have with understanding your human design. This is the What Drives You episode that I do with every guest where we're going to talk through what drives Erin and all the key areas of life and how she walks those out. And as we talk about this human design, we're going to be inserting that into her own journey and talking about that as well. And you can go find that at Human Design Blueprint. Dot com. That's where you can get the free profile. And then if you want to go further, like I did, you can then pay for one and do that and get, uh, and you're going to want to, uh, I'll just tell you that right off the bat. You'll see enough from the first one. You're going to want to do that, pay for that. And it's, it'll, I think, blow your mind. And as I talked about in the first show, I've, it's incredibly equipping talk about something that's useful. And I'm, I'm, I'm obviously inspired about it. So Aaron, thanks for being back with us.
1: All right. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, I am. I'm interested to hear how you have walked out your human design in these areas of life and where you've struggled as you shared about in the first time when you were out of alignment with that. So to look at what drives you spiritually, that's where we start off and looking at the values you have spiritually and how you are working to walk those out uh, amidst your own human design.
1: Yeah. So I think that I have always been driven to kind of learn more spiritually. I didn't grow up in a religious household um or in a spiritual or mystical one. But I remember even in high school, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and I was just like hunting like I was looking for like the Shambhala centers in Seattle, which was so funny. my mom be like, What are you doing? I was like, I just want to meditate. Um and I remember like going, I was a high school kid, you know, and I think that I was just always looking for things. I remember in college even I was looking for a meditation retreat. I wanted to go on a meditation retreat so badly. And do you know Thich Nhat Hanh?
0: Mm -mm. Yes, I do. As you say that, I know of the name, but I couldn't tell you.
1: He was prolific. And I had no idea who he was, but I remember looking online like, is there a meditation retreat in Colorado? And um, I ended up going on his last retreat in the US, you know, before he retreated back to Plum Village in France and like had the most amazing experience. So I think that there was always been such a drive and desire to learn more. And I think it's come from a need to really connect to myself and to kind of like get out of my head and get a bigger picture. But it's also been just, you know, the really realization that there's like so much more than me here. And I think that like, that's a really comforting belief. And I think through a lot of my life, I've I've sought out quite intense spiritual experiences, you know, from doing all of the ceremonies I could find to, you know, sitting in the pasana. And I think as I get older, I'm just realizing that like spirituality is not really a thing to like seek out, to not have like a peak experience. You know, it's more around an integration into my day-to-day life. And I think that as a new mom, I feel like I feel actually more spiritual connected than ever because I'm, you know, with this child who's just waking up to the world. And I know you've been through many births, but I think probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my entire life was birth. You so it was the most miraculous. I've ever experienced ever for both me and my partner like I just I still can't actually wrap my head around it that like my body grew this child and then like my body pushed out this child because as much as I was present and there and I was unmedicated I was doing all I could to be present it still just like happened I was just like a witness to the whole thing so I feel like just moments like that are such powerful reminders because I feel like I like many of us get stuck in our head and start questioning things and so I think having practices that just remind me that there's so much more at play is so helpful. Um, I think in terms of how it plays out on a day-to-day basis, I think meditation is probably one of my biggest tools here. I think time with my baby, I think time outside. I mean, honestly, just like looking around at the world that we're in, I I moved to the woods from New York City a couple of years ago. It's like, it's marvelous. Um, But I think, again, I think the big shift I've made is less about Seeking out more spiritual things, but just integrating it as much as I can into my day to day in a way that just helps me kind of wake up to each moment in a more connected way.
0: You mentioned a couple times, to- like twice, about getting out of your own head. Yeah. Okay. I that that comes to mind because it was actually Renee Marino who I who yeah. introduced me to you, and in her, when I texted her yesterday, I said, "Okay, to give me some highlights." That's one of them. That she said it was realizing <laughs> that she needed to. You know, in this sense, it's trust her gut. Wow. You know, be more in tune there and get out of her head. And that she knew, thanks to Human Design Blueprint, that when she gets stuck in her head, that's when she's in you know in danger and going to go awry. In that sense, is that uh, is that an aspect of what you're talking about of getting out of your own head?
1: Totally. Well, I, I just. I guess for me in my like experience, I don't know what it's been like for you is that like when I'm trying to like force things, I'm like doing the things I think I should be doing and getting in my head like it doesn't ever really end well. But like I feel like in the moments where I just like get out of the way and just like trust that like things are just going to happen and I just trust how I feel, and like let myself move more organically. Things just happen so beautifully. You know, I think about You know, getting pregnant or, you know, moving and buying the home that we found or even discovering human design and choosing to pursue it. It's like all the most miraculous things happened in my life, not because I planned it or tried to figure it out, but just because it happened and I was open to it. And so I think my job is just to stay open.
0: So, in looking at the different types in human design, are there some then that maybe are on an opposite spectrum, but they need to spend more time being analytical. That's a, a part sure. of their design.
1: It's an interesting question. I think some of us have really logical analytical minds in our human design for sure, yeah. but none of us, according to human design, um, are meant to make decisions from our mind. None of us are meant to create a pro-con list of what we think we're supposed to do and follow that. So, Interesting. so I would say in terms of like using that logical, analytical, powerful mind, none of it's not meant to be used to make decisions according to human design. You know, some people are meant to, again, talk things out, sleep on things, trust they're good at their moment, but it's more about kind of connecting to a deeper instinct to know what's right for us and that our mind is meant to be a really powerful source of inspiration for other people. And actually, can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. So like for you, you know, you have a really powerful, active, always thinking mind according to your human design you know, and you're really, you're like, share all your insights with the world. I have a similar thing, but it's like always going. Yeah. And so I can imagine for decision-making, it's sometimes a little bit easy to kind of get lost in that. And I would say for you, you are really designed to kind of be driven by your gut feeling and your decision-making according to your design and let your mind be an amazing source of insight for other people. How does that?
0: Yeah. Happen? Yeah. And some of that comes into, we talked about this in the first show, some of the, uh, I, I, I do. I am I want to be efficient. I say impatient, but I'll, let's use a positive word. I like to be efficient and I like to go. And so I know sometimes I'm just making a decision just so we can keep going. I don't know if it's best. I haven't like that. I haven't slept on it. I don't know that I trust it, but I just want to just, can we just freaking go forward yeah. and I'll do that. And, you know, in some places it's okay with that when it's not critical, but when it is big, it's interesting. You've got me thinking about this Aaron, I've known this for probably 20 years. It conceptualized during a certain acute time in our lives. And I I attribute it to vision in a sense, like if I can see it, like there's a big decision. And if I can see it, if I can just, I can conceptualize it in my head, I trust it. And if I can't, i don't and i know at any given moment with something big i know and i've even had things like maybe we're going along now thinking about should we do this or, or even like writing a book okay I, you know i came to the table two times because i have a big audience twice with uh, a topic that i cared about a li- big literary agent you know who who was gonna go shot me and i just didn't see it i mean at the end of the day everything made sense i love to write i love doing my i just I just couldn't see it. So you take that to the gut. I just didn't feel it. And so I just let it go. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years, whatever it's been now, two years ago, or something like that. When, when the t- idea of this or the catalyst, I should say, for what drives you came along, it didn't take long. And I knew, boom, I knew I was there. I knew I was, I could just saw it.
1: Well, and I love that for so many reasons. One, because like your gut not only lets you know where to put your energy, but when to put it there. So I love your example right. because you're like, it actually feels right, but like not now and not yet. Yeah. Another piece, and this was in your blueprint, I don't know if you remember reading it, but like with your design in particular, it is useful to actually visualize the possibility of actually doing that thing yeah. to see what the response is. And so I just love your example there being like, I actually couldn't visualize it. Like it wasn't available, but like when it was correct for you, it became available. You know, and that's so cool.
0: Again, I'm going to testify to the human design blueprint that there's these things that I've organically come to or grappled with or or whatnot. And it was, it blew me away to read it in there and go, Oh. oh my gosh, nothing's ever pulled it out and it's going to help me the- embrace it's going to equip me to embrace that these things and to be in my sense be more efficient in, in some sense to be to not be wasting time over here in something that is not part of my blueprint again doesn't mean that i don't do it but i get somebody else's help and i know where to further give myself allow my give myself permission maybe to go Yeah, yeah that's that is for me i'm not going to second guess that go yeah yeah it's you
1: impress yourself you know yeah you yeah
0: yeah. Thank you. Uh, the next one is relationships. And yeah. if you look at what drives you, which obviously you're in an acute time with that, with a kiddo and, and whatnot, but just ge- and, you know in general, what does drive you relationally? What do you value? And then, yeah, how are you, what are you doing to, to foster that?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like my human design actually really helped me with this one because my human design is so much around actually feeling really connected to one-on-one settings. And also my human design is all about like feeling invited into relationships. And I think I had a version of my life where I was part of all these amazing big communities, but I also didn't feel deeply connected to the people in those communities. And I feel like I made a big shift in the past number of years where I've actually had fewer friends, but the relationships are so deep. And so I think what I really value in relationships is reciprocity. I love making people feel seen and it's so important that I feel seen in return. Um, I really value generosity. I mean, honestly, I just like, I love having the energy and being able to show up relationships and just like give a lot, but again, just feel like there's such a generous spirit for us both. Um, I also feel like being around friends that really inspire me. I think of so many moments in my life, you know, when I I first moved to New York city, when I was 23 and I just became friends with entrepreneurs and then became an entrepreneur because I was just in that energy. And I think now as a new mom, So many of my friends are moms, new moms, you know, and like that just is what I need. So I think also my relationships I'm realizing are um, so reflective of where I am and the support I need and what really nourishes me. And for me, it's parents right now. And then I would also say, I think with my husband and with my daughter, um, you know, what I'm discovering, especially in this phase of life is like there's nothing actually more important to me now and maybe not ever than like the relationships with the two of them. And so I think that there are ways in my past versions of me that I have worked in a way that I haven't prioritized my relationships. And so I think right now I'm working and I have not perfected this to just like build a life that really reflects that value, you know, that like they are the number one priority always. And so that's just been a a thing for me to keep in mind of like, oh, there's this moment where I'm like, I'm going to go finish this email or do this thing. and like, actually not that important right now because I could go on a walk with them. Yeah. And so I think that that's just a thing I'm wrestling with right now.
0: I'm interested, Aaron, in you f- realizing that you are energized, to use that word, here. by the one-on-one connections yeah. and that you have fewer, deeper friends. This is something I talk about in the... I mean, we're going through the aspects of the in yeah. chapters of my book and I talk about it in there from experience, but it's not like I had some science to point to. And not that we're going to say that human design is right. science, but... But it's interesting to see it, to see it, you talk about it in reference to that because I've realized that, yeah, I know people, gosh, my wife, I I mean, she loves having so many friends and going to all these social things and she just thrives. I mean, if you want to talk about energy, man, that lights her up. And in that same environment, I there's some benefit and I have some value in it, but it drains me, period. So at the end of the time, I'm out and I'm usually looking to, can we drive separately so I can bug out? Cause you're going to be the last one to leave. I may be the first one. And yet you get me one-on-one, and man, let's spend a, a weekend together. Let's go for days. I mean, my, be, my, my, my best friend is my business partner and we work together and I see him and I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten tired of of, of him, you know, and doing the one-on-one is more, but to be, to, to help understand that, and conceptualize that, again, I've never seen anything that really, I've seen it experientially. That's what I spoke to in the book, Word. but not seen something that said, this is going to be your, uh this is going to be more in alignment for you. Is that how you would say it?
1: Yeah. And, and it's it's so funny. Just a quick caveat. You know, and we can talk about this in the first episode, but like there's a part of your design that is so much raw community, but it's not about having a big community. It's about having like a really kind of like tight, solid community. Yeah. And it's also about doing best when you work with the people that you're friends with. And so I just love that your best friend is your business partner because you are meant to work with people that you're like, I want to be friends with you. I love spending time with you. It's like not about working with strangers. So I just love
0: hearing that. <laughs> it's about um, well, again, it's I, I love seeing the like something that makes it tangible. Like, yeah, totally. it's you. I mean, I just went on a, I do these adventure things with groups of guys. It could be 12 guys. We just did one with, with 40. But I'm mainly looking to like really go deep with a couple guys. We're, we're going to walk with you or run with you and that's it. I'm not really looking to meet everybody.
1: Totally. I know. I'm, a, I'm the same. I'm like, like, whenever I join these masterminds, I'm like, I really love all of you. But there's often one where I'm like, you and I are going to like really do this thing. And we do. It's like I was in a mastermind a couple of years ago. And there was one woman where I was like, we just have a thing. And like, we've talked on Zoom every week since that mastermind. Wow. You know, so it's like, I feel like that's my new approach to relationships. is just like, really identifying the people and just showing up for them. And I think one thing I would just add, I'm curious your thoughts on this is that, you know, I feel like depending on the phase of life you go through, like, I love my friends at high school, I, I went to college, I love my friends in college, but like, I feel like there are I love meeting new friends at every phase in my life. I've never been somebody who's like just my friend group is the people that I knew from when I was young because like at every phase of my life, my friends are different because I'm different. And so I think something that I really have loved learning in the past couple of years is that like, it's never too late to make new friends. Like if you really just choose to invest in each other. And I think that's what my life has been. It's like, it's amazing. And like time is a magical thing. So I think that I'm just loving growing individually and then, discovering who I'm drawn to as I grow.
0: Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out, But getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. YahooFinance.com.
1: Discovering who I'm drawn to as I grow.
0: I struggle with that, Aaron, with an aspect of that. You just said never too late to make new friends. I have struggled lately with, I don't know if it's a feeling or if it's an expectation that I put on myself of feeling like I should feel guilty for the old friends I haven't kept up with, which I cherish. I mean, these people kind of like the old cliche of they've made footprints in your lives. I mean, just they're dear to me. I mean, I I just, they're the dearest people on the planet. And yet I put so much energy into the people right in front of my face. And I've got new friends that, you know, relatively new friends that um, I just, I mean, yesterday I walked out of my office and two of my best friends were out in the foyer Uh, Sitting down, and I said, Well, this looks like a party. And he said, Oh, I've got this bourbon. And we went and we sat around for an hour and did that. And and this is my life. And yet I do feel, I feel kind of bad with the the old friends, but there's also so much time. So it's, I grapple with that a little bit.
1: I know. And I remember even your book, you referenced the, the five regrets. And I think one of those regrets of those on their deathbeds was like not keeping up with friends. Yeah. Right. And like, and it's interesting because I I struggle with that as well. I think that like I really have not been good at keeping up with my friends, and most of my college friends are still best friends as are my high school friends. So you know it's a it's a dance. I think that like I'm also much better at investing in what's in front of me. But I think that I've I've started to just like reach out to my old people because I love them. But I also just know that we're all playing different roles in each other's lives right now. So I've also allowed myself to be like, but this is also one that feels really good right now. So I'm just going yeah. fully into it.
0: It's so interesting there. I've literally thought about, I'm going to, I'm going to take some resort somewhere or retreat center or something like that and fly all my old friends in. And can we just spend a week together uh, and just, I don't know. Uh, You got me thinking on it. Thank you. You uh, Health and wellness is the next one. Uh, And so when you look at that, what drives your efforts at and pursuit of your own health and wellness? And what do you, how do you walk that out?
1: And I think what drives it is just feeling good. Like I just feel like I, you know, in an ideal world don't want, you know, physical limitations that kind of limit me from doing the things that I love. And so doing whatever I can to feel at my best. I think I've had that drive since I was young. I think Mm -hmm. I've approached it in different ways. I don't know what your life experience has been, but I used to be quite rigid. I remember like, you know, living in New York City, I was like, I'm gluten-free. I'm dairy-free. Like I do my like hour of hot yoga every morning like I was just very intense and very rigid and I cannot say I was the most healthy because I had all these rules you know and I think when I moved to the woods a couple of years ago I actually just like relaxed all my rules I was like all of a sudden living near all these farms I was like this is amazing dairy and oh my god he's like sounds so so good and like so I feel like I actually feel better than I ever have and I also feel like the least rigid You know, I stopped drinking alcohol in 2016. I was like, I'm over it. I just don't need it. And like, even in the past year, I'm like, oh, like maybe I'll have a glass of wine. Like we were just in Paris. And I was like, why not? You know, and I was like, oh, this is just such a like fun thing to experience with my husband because he had never drunk either. So I feel like, you know, I want to feel good. And I also want to be responsive to the moment Mm -hmm. and not create so many rules for myself about what I can or cannot do. Because I think what I personally discovered is like when I eat gluten, when I eat dairy, I feel fine, Mm. you know, and like I'm at my change. I'm also have been pregnant and breastfeeding. And so I might move out of that phase and be like, I'm going to get rid of that again. So I think the drive is always to feel good. And I think I'm just learning to be a little bit more flexible about how to get there. I think, again, especially as a new mom, I think some of my rituals have fallen out the window Mm -hmm. and still are very present. But like some mornings I'll wake up at four or I'll, you know, can't go back to bed. I just I can't control that right now. And so I think I also have been kinder to myself or what I want to eat in each moment rather than being like, Okay, you must do this thing, even yeah. though you know it might be hard for me to really do it at the moment. We
0: were we were vegan. So talk about being rigid. It was I used to say this is like a religion, man. We can't eat with other people, we can't go out, we can't whatever. We did that until my wife got pregnant with our first kid and she said, I just want fish. Period. Okay. So we went to lacto ovo pesca whatever you know to that now today she says we're flexitarian and we actually i have allowed myself to do a little bit of everything kind of like the 20 80 20 rule 80 time i do my thing 20 yeah. percent of the time yeah do you have a nutritionally uh, kind of a structure that you adhere to in general though
1: yeah i mean honestly it's we we can't help but eat healthy you know that's like what we generally crave um I think that I I was a pescatarian for most of my life. I think now I primarily just eat vegetables and fish or chicken. Um, I eat red meat sometimes, but rarely. I feel like it's more my body just really needs it. Um, and then also because I'm currently breastfeeding, I used to like not eat much in the morning. I would usually kind of fast at the beginning of the day. But now I like wake up and I'm like, I need food. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I would say we have a pretty protein-heavy, vegetable-heavy, fruit-heavy diet.
0: Okay. How about on the exercise, the movement side? What do you do?
1: Yeah, I think that movement's super important. I would say, you know, again, being a new mom, some days I'm like, I have like a 30-minute workout where I do like seven minutes and then five minutes here, I'm at eight minutes here. But I would say in general, I work out probably five to six times a week. And what I love the most right now is Pilates. I had never done Pilates mm-hmm. before and I'm obsessed. I go to a reformer class and it's the best. So I usually do Pilates, weight and yoga kind of interspersed. And then and um, my partner and I, we have a horse and we do a long walk every day down to the horse and then back up the hill. So I think during a long walk outside, which is hard now because it's becoming winter and then doing a workout in the morning is usually what feels good.
0: Yeah. Well, that's on the physiological side. Next one's mind, mental. Uh, I really like to look at even the mental state that you want to be in, but what drives you in regards to your mental health and wellness? So
1: I think the drive is to just feel clear you know, is to feel clear so that I'm really able to be at my best at work with my partner, with my daughter, all of it. Um, I think things that help me do that is sweet, you know, which has been a little bit hard this week for sure. Um, Food has an impact on my mental health for sure, just in terms of how I feel. Um, I think being outside is key. Um, I also think relationships, you know, are so important because as we talked about earlier, it's so easy. Sometimes to kind of tell myself a story that's so unhelpful. And then I say that story out loud to somebody that I care about and they just like really turn it around for me, you know? And so I think being able like, to kind of be honest about where I'm at and where I'm struggling with the people closest to me has been really helpful. Um, and, and also, you know, my partner, she's about to come out with a book, which is going to be amazing. But I think a concept that he's taught me a lot about is also how to, you know, make assumptions about people that are the most generous possible. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also been a big piece of my mental health as well, just kind of noticing where I'm actually not making very generous assumptions that how I can be more generous and um yeah, my assumptions of people and and not tell a story that's not supportive um and then meditation, of course, you know yeah. I think that that is such a key piece
0: where do you i mean, because in a sense with human design, I mean you're I'm gonna put you in the category of mental health and in, in a lot yes. of ways is that fair I mean to to put you in there, where do you find yourself? Where do you know, are your, call it at risk, or your weak areas that you have to advocate for?
1: You know, I think my weak areas are definitely like just self-doubt and like really comparing myself to others and really questioning my own worth. And like, I know this is a challenge that many of us face. I think, I don't know what your experience with this is, but. Our business was initially built on social media, and I would say at the beginning, like the majority of our clients all came from Instagram, and it's grown, and there are lots of different places our business, you know, reaches. But our business actually requires me to be on social media pretty often, and I would say that it is not healthy for my mental health at all. And I think that if I had a choice right now, I would actually delete all Instagram and um, never go back. You know, and so. I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I struggle with is there's so much that is generated for our business there. I'm able to reach so many amazing people. I love connecting with people. And also I can just see, I just like, it just doesn't feel good to be there. And it was interesting. I was a quick tangent. I was at an Elizabeth Gilbert event last year in Massachusetts. um, And she talked about like really looking at all the most like miraculous moments in our lives. Like when do we just like feel that kind of miraculous in on nature? And I just remember sitting there being like, I've never had a miraculous moment looking at my phone, <laughs> you know, just yeah. never come from that. Like it's come from relationships and being in nature and being on a walk and like just a magnificent thing happening. And so I, I think that the less connected I am to my phone, the better my mental health is. And so I think what I'm constantly discovering is just how to create boundaries around that, but also in a way that honor my our business and what we built and allow us to reach people. So I think that's probably the hardest part for me um, and one that I am often struggling with.
0: That's so interesting, Aaron, because I feel that way as well. Now I'm not near, you have a, a big, uh, you know, my audience is here, but yeah. you know, social media, we're growing that there and doing things there. And I know you've got a huge, you've got, speaking of that, I should put that in the intro, but you've got uh, Instagram following at your personal Aaron, Claire Jones, and then also at human, is it human design blueprint? Correct. Um, okay. So folks, you can tune in there. Uh, she, she may be there a little bit, but, uh, but I know you're engaged. Well, I, it's interesting. I, I talked with my teen kids, you know, who I want them off screens. I mean, that's like a you know constant thing right, is get off the screens, And, uh, Talk to them about, you know, sometimes I feel guilty that I'm I'm one of the purveyors. I'm on there too, putting stuff out there, even though I want you guys off. And I had one of my sons, he said, well, yeah, but if you're going to be on there, if you know people are going to be on there, how great that you're putting something positive out there for them to run into. Totally. Okay. That's it's a nice. So I'll give that to you on that one. But yeah. I feel that pain. I don't, well, it's interesting. I don't spend much time on it. Uh, I have a team that does it, but then the engagement's not as high because I'm not really engaged in there. So you deal with what you have to deal with. Well, nah, well on that note, the next category is work, definitely. career, uh, and business. And you, like everybody who I have on the show, by proxy of what you're doing, I mean, you've got a lot going on. you got a lot of opportunities. you got a business that you're running. So when you look at that and you have to safeguard yourself and your life and, and whatnot, would you say this is what is driving you right now in your work and in your business?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely changed as a parent. Um, You know, I think that like my drive with work has always just been to um, help people kind of understand themselves in a new way. And I think, you know, when I discovered human design, it was never to create a business. It was never to make money. I was just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. How can I tell everyone about it? Mm -hmm. And then it grew and then it became a whole thing. And then like, And so it's just been really interesting because I think sometimes when I get, like I have to keep coming back to the roots of why I do this. And the roots are, like I love, as we talked about, I love having a tool to kind of give people permission to be who they are and to feel the sense of like relief and liberation. And that brings me so much joy. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I think about my work, and when I'm making decisions, you know, we're pretty ruthless on our business. We've kept things incredibly simple as we've grown and we really have said no to a lot. And so I think we just really think like, is this thing so fully aligned with the business that we want to grow? Is it, do we feel like so fully in integrity with it? Um, also, do we have the energy for it? Like often the answer is like, we would love to do this, but we can't right now. You know, so I think that like, we just try to be incredibly discern about what we say yes to. And, you know, human design is an amazing tool to let us know how to make decisions. And so we use our different decision-making authorities to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. But I I would also say one thing that has been really interesting for me is when we first started growing the business, you know, there was a big conversation of like, what is the business we want to build? Because so often there's like, it's just this idea of like perpetual growth. And I think what we discovered early on is we don't want to manage a big team. We don't want to be responsible for a lot of people. And like, if that means that our growth is kept, then our growth is kept. You know, and so I think that it's been really we've been really focused on building an incredibly lean team that has allowed us a lot of freedom and flexibility in our lives, um, to kind of show up as the parents and just like be present in the way that I want to. Yeah. So I think that's been a big journey as a new parent of like just being really honest about what I have the energy for, knowing that like I really want to spend time with my daughter, and so like I feel like I say no to so much now because like if I'm gonna be working, it's gonna be tied away from her. So like it better be worth it. And so like that's kind of my new, you know, barometer of like, is it worth it? You know? And so, and and some things are really exciting. And there are a lot of things that are like, does, does it feel worth it right now?
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that because probably 95%, probably more than 95% of my guests have a book. You're well aligned for a book. I imagine that's come into the scene where you at with it.
1: So um, we have finished the proposal, and we're sending it out to publishers next week. Okay, that's a great example of a project that, like, sounds amazing, you know, like, and actually feels like I'm like I cannot wait to just like sit and write and be in that. Whereas like the thought of like being on social media every day is doesn't feel like a good use of my energy right now, mm-hmm. you know. But like again, like that feels so exciting. So it's just. I can feel my energy shifting in a lot of ways. So I'm just trying to honor that. But the book, yeah. So, okay.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you'll be back here with it then.
1: Knock and wood, yes. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did want to ask though, Aaron, as you were talking about just your own drive, you know, what drives you in your work and your joy. And you said helping people understand themselves in a new way. If you were to give some of the, just a couple highlight, like what people experience. Like I've used the word a bunch of times. Like I'm reading human design, and I feel equipped. I feel like inspiration. That's a word that I'm I'm using. But I also, I think I also said I'm, I'm trying to think about what I feel here. That it feels, um, validating. Yeah, I guess. And in that, I would say, you know, you know, what's a deeper feeling? There's that. There's a peace that I can take away some of the anxiety. So, probably peace. So, there's my own words. So, I'm going to put that. Am I, is that pretty typical of what you find when people, re, you know, get their human design and look at it and, and go, oh, what are those feelings that you, yeah, testimony of?
1: I feel like what I often hear is there's like a lot of relief because they're often like, I spent a lot of my life trying to be everything that I'm not, and you just gave me permission to be who I am. Um, I think there's a lot of empowerment because it's like, oh, my God, now I have all this permission, but now I actually have tools to step into it. I also think connection, you referenced this in our first episode, because like I'll sit in partnership sessions with two partners who feel really disconnected, not because they actually don't want to be together, but just because they don't understand each other. And so when we really understand each other through the lens of human design, they're just like, oh, my God, I just been making you wrong for this because you're just different than me. And so I think it allows for such deeper connection both with parents and children and romantic partnerships and friendships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it just offers a new lens on life that makes life feel, um, I don't know, I, I love equipped. It's like prepared. It's like, you know what, I might go through a lot, but I know myself well enough to so you know how to navigate those moments. <phone rings> well enough to so you know how to navigate those moments yeah and that's really exciting
0: it is i I, i'm thinking yeah, it it helps make sense of things and within that i guess there's a feeling of confidence totally right that i don't i don't even like my ego doesn't even like saying that because i want to say that i'm i'm confident but there are so many things especially in you know cute areas of life relationships and big decisions where i do find myself going am i nuts yeah i am i tracking and, and and especially maybe some areas where i think i feel so different than yeah. other people which yeah. is interesting because you said manifesting generators it's i'm not in the minority culturally yeah. Yeah. but i feel like so okay um well and, a lot more not honoring that yeah okay uh the next one is money finances sure. wealth uh even possessions uh, what is driving you, has driven you, is driving you there?
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because again, like I said, I never got into human design to like make money, you know? And um, and I feel like I was never that driven around money. Um, but then I think as our business started growing and we had more resources, it I think it's felt amazing to be able to kind of invest in things that we really love. So I would say like my drive around money is that I really learned that it gives me such freedom that when like I don't feel, which I know a lot of people talk about, like, but when I don't feel anxiety about where it's coming from and don't, it's just like, I feel like I'm able to create from such an authentic place, you know, because I feel like I'm like, oh, like what have the energy for? What can I do? And I feel like I end up creating so much more value because of it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of driver on money is giving us the freedom to create in a way that feels really spacious. Um, I also think what I've really discovered is it's been so nice. You know, we can have impact in so many ways in people's lives. And I think what I really loved is beginning to have impact financially and being able to kind of be really generous of being like, okay, we can like make a big donation here. Like, I really want a family member to come. And so I'm going to like, you know, buy their flight or I'm going to like sponsor this. So I just feel like I just never was in a position where I could do that. And so I feel like being able to be generous in that way feels really good for me. And I know that it could feel good for other people as well. So I think there's actually like a lot of drive now of like, it's actually really fun having impact financially. And while again, it's not the only way we can have impact, we can have impact by like smiling at somebody, you know, or helping them a certain way or volunteering somewhere. I love having it back that way when I can. And so that also feels like a big drive as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Noticed any different thoughts uh, as a new parent regarding money provision,
1: well, a child is expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> probably. wow. it's just everything. I'm like, wow, we have to do extra through everything. But, um, you know, I just know myself, you know, I think I grew up in a um, there was just like there's been like some anxiety around money, even when there did have to be. And so mm-hmm. I know that when I'm feeling really anxious about money, it's just like they can like overtake me. And I know that like that's not healthy for me. And it would definitely not be healthy for a child because I experienced it growing up. And so um, I think that there's a real motivation to, you know, provide for ourselves in a way that um, that anxiety isn't present when possible, you know. And I also think it's a balance, you know, because I also like we want to create all the opportunities ever for our daughter. And we also want her to like be independent, you know, and get a job young, you know, and just like also like learn how to fend for herself and and because, and so it's a balance, but I think on a personal level, I definitely want to do all the weekends that like, that anxiety is not in our household. And like, right. honestly, it feels really great to like, you know, we just brought her to Paris last week and it was amazing. And like, I know that she's 11 months old and probably won't remember that, but like still we're kind of like normalizing traveling on a plane together and she has her passport. And so like, there are moments like that where it's just like, I, I love being able to give her those experiences. Yeah. You know, we just, we just visited an amazing Montessori school this week. And like, you know, I want to be able to send her there, you know, so I also want to just feel free to do that.
0: Last one is, achie- actually, it's not the last one, but uh, it's a subset, uh, is achievements. And that is one that, uh, you know, the drive for, it's often changes for us over time, but when we look at achievements, what has driven you? And if it's different, what's driving you now towards the things that you have and want to achieve?
1: it's so interesting um i feel like i've always been very self-motivated you know i think that like from a young age i was just like i wanted to study i wanted to like apply to the best schools like and i can't even tell you why it was just like in my bones you know i was just like i so like being driven in that way or being really motivated has never been a challenge for me you know i think that i've always been ambitious and it's in my human design i have like the channel of ambition (laughs) it's like just Mm. like a, a drive to be successful in some way it's like there's a part of me that I just can't get out of in that way. Um, but I also think that when I was younger, it was more like a drive to have a big impact. and like, I still have that drive. Like I still have like really big visions with human design. I really want to break human design of the mainstream. I want to like make it so accessible The people that might be incredibly skeptical to it. I want to just like transcend the human design space. Like there is so much motivation again that I like, I can't ignore it if I try, you know? And like, even like, you know, it's a, as a new mom, I I love spending time with my daughter. It's such a priority. And I also know that working and achieving is a really big part of who I am. And it's like not a thing that I can abandon. And I think that me doing that also helps me show up better with her. But I think this is all to say that as I get older, and I was just talking to my husband about this last night, I'm just like, again, I learned that we have impact in so many ways. You know, I think that we have an amazing woman who has been a nanny for a bit, for a while, early, early days with our daughter. And I remember her once coming over, she was studying to be a nurse and she was like, I just feel like whenever I'm around you guys, good things happen. Mm. Like it was just so wild to hear that because I was like, What if like that's it for me? Like, what if like my job is that when people are around me, good things happen? You know, it's like and and like in big and small ways, maybe I make them feel empowered to be who they are. Like maybe they're like, Oh my god, this person just like gave me a toy or bought me a coffee or whatever it is. Like, so I just feel like that's kind of like a new perspective and my my husband again talks a lot about this because he's just like what if our what if our purpose was just to help somebody across the street one day you know like what if that was it and so I think that I'm just I feel like that is a new drive that I have is not just to achieve the big things but like how can I just when people are in my presence things are better in some way like how can I just make that my job and see what happens and I feel like I would be happier if I did that and I think
0: you know those around me obviously would be too. It's a precious testimony. Uh, yeah. It, it, I'm thinking about again back to the human design and as part of my manifesting generator profile, the need to how, how do you how did you I, I'm not fluent right. enough to word it like that, but I that I need to keep myself up and it's, and yeah. it's, it's keep myself inspired. Right. Yeah, but that if if part of my job is to do that it's so nice. that I spread that energy around. I mean, I want well, that. That's a different. It's like the, 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 what are they? The sum of the parts are greater than the parts themselves. I and mean, that that's greater than whatever it is that I may be doing to get me inspired. And I'm looking at that. Wow. The bigger thing is that I'm inspired and that I'm spreading that energy around, maybe the bigger benefit.
1: Totally. And like you, and everyone does it in different ways. So with your design, it's like the more lit up and excited you are, the more, you know, you uplift and inspire everyone around you. And so your personal satisfaction is like the biggest route to kind of your, you know, collect an impact. So
0: it's just a, it's empowering back yeah. to that word again. All right. Well, the, the, the last one is one of just of, of interest too. speaking of that. I mean, really it's an, it's an, an inspired aspect of what do you do? That's just for you to inspire you. It may be a non productive thing in and of itself, but it's the thing that you just, it jazzes you, whether it's a hobby, an interest, a self-care or whatever, what yeah. falls in that category.
1: Well, I love that you asked that because I think, you know, going back to my design, like one of the the challenges of my design is not knowing when to stop and not taking enough rest. And I know that for me, for a lot of my life, I felt like rest had to be a productive time. So I would like listen to podcasts, I'd take courses and read all these nonfiction books and it was great. But I like, I never allowed myself to be deliberately unproductive. Hmm. And so I think that like, I really allowed that and it's been great. Um, I would say probably one of my favorite things to do at those times is to read fiction. I'm like an avid reader of nonfiction. I read your book. I loved your book um, of nonfiction and fiction. And I'm always reading one of each. But I think that like I just had never given myself permission to read fiction before 2020. And um, and then I read that it was like the best thing to do for your brain before you go to bed because it basically my partner taught me this, but it's like we can watch TV and it and I love watching great TV, but like it can craft an amazing story. But like when we're reading a fiction book, our brain has to craft that story ourselves. And it's just the best thing you can do before you sleep. And it's so good for your brain. And like, and maybe whatever, you know, and it's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I will just say that like, I love reading fiction. I love just like reading for the sake of it and immersing myself in a world and it is one of my favorite things that I do. And I read fast and
0: I read a Okay, give me a couple faves. Uh, it could be all time. It could be just lately. Give me something.
1: Oh my god! Well, Lessons in Chemistry is an amazing one. Um, that you know they just made. I haven't watched the show. They just made it to be a show on Netflix. Um, it's so good. Okay. Um, oh my god, what else have I read recently? I also love reading memoirs. I'm reading Cherry Washington's memoir right now. What I really, which I really like. Um, one thing I will just say to hopefully give people permission if they want it is like. I used to, like, only read books that I felt like, you know, historical fiction. There's a woman, Kristen Hanna, who wrote, writes amazing books that are historical fiction. I love all of her books. And Nightingale is a really, really good one. Um, but I also have allowed myself to, like, read romance novels in the last couple months. And it, like, feels so junky and so good, you know? And there's a woman, Emily Henry, and I was like, I would never read romance novels. And then I started reading them, and I was like, she's so the best, you know? So I think that, like, that has been, like, a, I would say probably a real vice in a really mm-hmm. nice in the past couple weeks in our past couple months um, and yeah I mean I can make you a whole list um, there's actually the woman did you ever watch or hear of the show Station Eleven? Mm-mm. There was a show that came out a couple years ago there's an author Emery St. John Mandel she wrote Station Eleven it was a book that was made into a show I did not read that book but um, she wrote a book called Sea of Tranquility, which is one of the best fiction books I have ever read okay. so that's a, a really great one
0: Okay, thank you. I'd love the whole list, but I'll go with that one too. That has been one, and my listeners know that that I I got turned on it by by my, my friend, my best friend Randy, uh, probably longer than I can you know than I want to say seven years ago. But I had gotten out of the habit. Yeah, I just read nonfiction. That was it, even at night. And now I so I I started a new book last night. I can't wait to go to bed, and it's, it's the best. Yeah, I have it there. I have my little reading light that I love it. I don't want to read anything anything else. I have my my light. And I adore it. I do. I look so. I feel like if you want to be excited to go to bed, get in the habit of a good book.
1: I you know. I like. We even wanna like a second career, in just like a book club and advocating for fiction because I really. I've done it with so many friends. I just think it is so good for us.
0: Yeah, I, I want a podcast where we advocate great music and books. Um, 100%. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Um, hey, thank you. Uh, it's been such a gift. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for your. Thanks for your energy. It comes through even across. The uh, airways like this. It's been a gift to get to know you. And folks, if you got something out of this, which I know you did, let us know. Give us a, a rating on Spotify. Give us a review on Apple podcast and tell us uh, what you got from this exact show. Again, the human design. We've been talking about it. Go to human design blueprint.com. Uh, you can find Aaron at on social media at human design blueprint and at uh, Aaron Claire Jones as well. So do that. You can see this episode that we did together on YouTube and find it. We'll do a bunch of clips on social media of the, uh, of really good statements, oh. which they all were, but we'll pick out some extra special ones yeah. and find those at Kevin Meller Co. And if you want to leverage the power of your unique drive, check out my book What Drives You on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.